Talcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast in the entire world, Talcast. Um, today's episode is super fun. We have Porter and Tate from the band Lantern by Sea on the show, two super awesome dudes who have a lot to talk about, about life and music, and it was a really fun conversation. Also, their new album, Rim of the World, is out now. It's been out for a week. It's a full-length record. Not a lot of people are putting out full-length albums nowadays, so it's pretty cool. Um, I've really been enjoying it. I'm going to put links to their social media and to their new album in the show notes. You do not have to go look. Just look in the show notes of this episode, and you will see those links. Please give this album a listen. It's definitely worth your time. Um, I'll also put the link to my Patreon in the show notes, should you feel obligated, should the spirit move you to uh, be a patron of my audio evangelist show. Anyways, here are two-thirds of the band Lantern by Sea. What's up, guys? How you doing, man? What's up, man? (laughs) All right. Why don't you introduce yourselves? Uh, full name, what you do in the band, and uh, yeah, we'll get going. Okay. My name is Porter Smith, um, and I am the lead singer and the rhythm guitarist in Lantern by Sea. And I'm Tate Smith, the older brother and drummer of Lantern by Sea. <laughs> awesome. Um, so you guys just barely released a full-length record. Yeah. yeah. And it's sweet. I've been listening to it. Um, when did it come out? It's been like a couple weeks week one week on the 22nd yeah so last tuesday how's that feel it feels good it feels pretty good we we finally have this product done and you know we've we've been playing as you know we've been playing for five years and we've been wanting something to give to people that's a full-length album instead of just four singles and so yeah feels good good well you guys should be i mean don't listen to me but I think you should be super proud of it. I've been listening to it this last week and really enjoying it. Um, so I want to ask, like, in in 2022, I feel like releasing a full-length record, like, that's a bold move, you know? <laughs> Not a lot of people are doing that. Um, where did you get the audacity? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I want to know. <laughs> um we tried we tried doing the single release route and then we kind of looked at what our strengths were and um we realized we weren't this band that could release a good single that would hit the top charts and we realized we're we're storytellers we want to tell an entire story and have people sit down listen to that album feel where the journey's kind of taking them and take them on that journey so we we figured we'd cater to that audience more than the uh you know, single audience, which is still insane to do. (laughs) And I mean, we, we definitely wrote the album with the idea, you know, we always talked about it. We'd, we'd like, you know, 75 to 80% of the songs on the album, single eligible, you know? So we, we wanted everything to be kind of really tight. You know, they're all three minute, three and a half minute songs, a lot of them. And so it was, it was this grand story in mind, but we definitely wanted people to be able to throw one or two songs from the album on a playlist. So that way it can still fit with, you know, like you're saying, the the modern industry. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it just came down to, that's what we love. And we, we realize there's 
There is, it's not, it's not the biggest audience, but there is an audience out there that loves albums. They'll sit down and they love the track one to track 12 or whatever, however long it is. And they love just experiencing that whole story. And we've kind of been missing that, I think, from the music industry yeah. recently. And and I mean, people are still doing albums. I shouldn't take away, but we. No, but I mean, I, I, I agree. And like, I'm one of those people, like part of the, a big part of the reason, obviously, like, I really like you guys and your, your music. So it's not just because you made a full length record that I wanted to talk to you, but like, I'm definitely one of those people. Like I grew up on, I don't know, like a lot of old school, I guess like classic rock, like experimental music, experimental rock. Right. And yeah. like, um, I actually went to one of you guys' shows. So I'm going to give you some compliments on the podcast. And, like, compliments are weird. Um, and on, on on the podcast, they're, like, even weirder. So you don't, have, you don't have to say thank you or anything. But, like... Should we say you're welcome? Yes. That's exactly what you should say. Uh, <laughs> so I actually... Um, I don't know if you guys like um, My Bloody Valentine at all. Like, I don't know if you're into, like, shoegaze music. But um, anyway, so... They're this band from the the 90s, and they created this kind of, like, super washy, like, hypnotic music. Um, And I went to one of you guys' shows. Obviously, it was, like, years ago, pre-pandemic, but um, I felt like when I was at your show, this thing that the guys from My Bloody Valentine do is they, like, it's always loud and it's always big, but it's never like frantic. So it kind of like puts you in this like hypnotic trance. And so I remember I was at one of you guys' shows and like I was watching it and really enjoying it. And I, at the end, I was like, wow, like I feel great right now. Like it was like a, it was like a drug or something. Um, so that's why I was really excited when I heard you guys were doing a record. Cause I was like, that's cause when you go to a show, right. It's like 10 to 15 songs, maybe. Yeah. Um, were you guys, trying to channel like the live sound or like what was your plan going into making the album we uh yeah that was for sure we talked about we we felt like our four singles before didn't capture the energy of our live performances as much and we we for sure wanted to make sure and that's why we spent so long on it and preparing it before we went into the studio we wanted to make sure that we captured that live sort of feeling in the- so what what was the prep like then when you were like before pre-studio what were you guys up to we so we had been recording in our office which was over there um for about two years um and we just kept laying things over and we would look at uh different types of guitar sounds and tones um but one of the things that we kind of kept consistent was alvi's guitar tone um and that's that's the thing that we absolutely loved is that uh his guitar tone always made our live concerts sound really big. He, I don't know what he does, but he's got the right pedals, right guitar, and it was just huge. And so when we did the record, um, we made sure to keep that like present. Like I changed guitar like four or five times per song, but he kept his guitar throughout the entire album with his pedals throughout the entire album. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, um, it, was, it was huge. And we workshopped a bunch of different songs. Like prep was about that was finding. Um, kind of 12, 12 solid songs. And so there was a bunch of them that we really liked, but they just weren't fitting yeah. what this album was. And so we wanted to, you know, we'll save them for a later date. We really wanted this album to be really tight. And so 
that was kind of a lot of the process of prep too. And we, we pretty much demoed almost exactly every piece before we spent money and then went into the studio. Like I, I laid down every single drum beat, like to the exact fill, you know, on a MIDI drum before I went in and played them with Scott. Just so we kind of, yeah, all we were doing by the time we were in the studio was taking what we had written and just, you know, turning it up to 11. And and because of all this, we kind of knew exactly what we were going for when we hit the studio. Yeah. Like, yeah, very clear the sound and the tones and the feeling that we wanted. And then it just made recording super easy because all yeah. we did is we just, you know, we started with me, obviously, and we just went in and there's our scratch tracks, you know, just all these demos. And so it was just a matter of taking away some of the stuff that didn't sound as full, like, you know, a MIDI drum and playing some real drums with Scott's, you know, amazing studio <laughs> yeah so so he's referring to scott wiley at june audio who he yeah. was on the podcast a couple episodes ago he's awesome um what was it like working with scott like what was your experience um how did you approach it with him <laughs> he's awesome he's uh he's got super dry humor um and he doesn't he kind of doesn't let his opinion get in the way he's um he's very much like let's let's figure out how to make what you guys want to make. And then when you ask him for his opinion, he'll throw it in. Right. And so there were, there were many times where like he would bring in a bunch of different guitars and amps that he felt would fit the sound and same as drums. And we would just experiment. And there were times where we were like, Oh, I love that one. Or he was like, Oh, I think I like this one. And then, so we played with them back and forth. And then we ended up being like, no, it's, it's this one or, or that one. You know, it was very, um, it was very much like he was a fourth member of the band at the yeah. time because he also did bass for yeah, us he, as well. He played all the bass on there. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a great bass player. He is. <laughs> he was, yeah. He fantastic to work with. We just got along with him so well. And he, I, I mean, you know, I think it is credit to the demos that we did, but he also just kind of knew exactly what we were going for pretty quickly. And he knew how to get it on a higher level as yeah. well. So um, I know that like, I don't know. I'm a musician as well. Right. And I, I, I hate comparisons a lot of times. I feel like that's yeah. usually the first thing someone will say to you. They're like, Oh, like, you know, you sound like this or you sound like this, but I wanted to ask you guys, like, were there certain, are there certain bands that you've like grown up listening to that have influenced you heavily? Like, do you keep that in mind when recording or we try not to keep it in mind while recording, but I mean, there's definitely like, we we did that with our singles, but for some reason this time we didn't pull up any other, we didn't like pull up any other of our favorite artists and be like, hey, see this moment here? We want to replicate this. It just, it didn't turn into that. And I think, you know, that's part of the, you know, credit of the process we went through, but we, I don't, I don't remember, we didn't pull up a single song and be like, hey, mm-hmm. can we try to imitate this? I mean, we do, but we do have influences that I think see through a lot of, a lot of times, like, even subconsciously, like, you know, we both grew up loving Mumford and Sons and mm-hmm. we love their new stuff. Um, I'm a huge Lord Huron fan, so yeah. They're they're a big influence of mine. And then we we both spent our teenage years listening to Switchfoot. And so we see those guys <laughs> kind of bleed through a little bit even sometimes. Um 
That's interesting. I feel like I wouldn't have guessed the the Switchfoot influence. So now I want to like go back and listen and maybe see. Yeah, we, um, we definitely don't try to like copy them. Yeah, but somehow. Yeah, yeah. No, I I know you guys aren't copying. I, I I've seen you like I don't know. You guys are definitely very very genuine. You have your own thing going on, but. I'm just like always curious as a musician, like what people grew up on and like what kind of like inspires them to pick up instruments. And I feel like with me personally, it's like, you know, no matter what, there'll always be like certain influences that bleed through just because like that's how I like li- literally learned how to make music, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I'm good. Guitar Hero Metallica is the reason we started playing. <laughs> Metallica, yeah. I would say, is maybe both of our first influences, even though obvious. Dude, so. I, okay, we got to talk about Metallica for a second, because, like, so I I listened to Metallica. I had a Metallica phase, and it was literally, like, a week when I was in seventh grade. <laughs> I was a year when I was in seventh grade. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I don't know what happened, but, like, I heard uh, Enter Sandman, and I was like, yo, this, I'm so, like, I'm so different and angsty, because I'm, like, listening to this, whatever. <laughs> and then, like, I was obsessed for, like, a week. And then I don't know what happened. I just woke up and I was like, I never want to listen to this again. <laughs> Literally, like, it lasted seven days. And, like, to this day, like, Metallica comes on and I just, like, I couldn't care less. I don't know what it is. Um, not to knock them or anything. I just, you know, it is what it is. That's hilarious. I mean, we'll go back to them for nostalgia now, but I yeah. really, they're a little too heavy to listen to now, but they're geniuses. Like, even Oh, now, for sure. Like, I'm like, these guys were so freaking smart. Like, they knew their instruments to the T. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, they're great. I mean, great musicians. Obviously, like, they took, like, the the underground thrash metal thing, and they made it, like, accessible to the whole world, which, like, is crazy, right? Um, So, I have a couple questions here. So, I've been listening to the record, um, and... The song that I really like, is it The Stone? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Um, That one, like, stuck out to me. So I wanted to just, like, maybe hear... Obviously, there's a lot of great songs on the album, but what? where did that song come from? What's it about? It's actually our oldest one, isn't it? Um, Yeah, that one's pretty old. The story. Do you want the long version or the short version? I mean, it's a podcast. It's a podcast, so you, you do you, man. If it's long, it's fine. <laughs> um. All right, so... When we first started creating band, um, I had the story that I made, uh, that I created that was called Letters of a Porking, and it was, uh, it was this very, it was this long story. Very abstract. Yeah, very abstract story. Um, I don't know if I want to go into it, but it was a very abstract story, but there's a moment when the, uh, protagonist in that story writes another story, um, and that story is the stone, and, uh. And yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't know how to explain it very well. It is very for me, I feel like music is my best way of communicating and like giving somebody a song is like the best way I can say that specific thing. But I guess um I guess it comes from a deep sense of like loneliness and kind of feeling left behind and feeling like um like every single person that I've I've dated has left me behind. Um and and it's hard. It's hard to see that and go through that. And so I think it was just one night I was sitting in my bedroom. Um, my guitar was drop B because I was just learning a mimicking bird song. And um, and I started playing it and I started singing and I just started recording. And uh, I recorded it for about 10 minutes, just singing over and over again, just everything that I was feeling. And um, 
And after, as we were looking at it, we just went through, we found all of our favorite lines from that 10 minutes and the ones that we felt like told the story that we were trying to tell and we put it together and then we just got it out there. Yeah. I mean, cool. I, I remember, I remember specifically when we were like doing just like the lyric passes before we went into the studio, you know, just making sure the lyrics were everything that we wanted. We got to that song and I just was like, pour it out. Man, this one's just so good. There was like almost nothing we had to do because it just, it was, ab, you know, it's a very abstract song compared to, I think, a lot of the others on the album. But it was, I don't know. And I and I told him that. I was like, I can't, I can't tell you in words what this song is really about, but I can like feel what this song is about sort of thing. Yeah, I I love that. And I, I had that experience, I feel like, while listening to it. Like I was listening to it and it like that one kind of stuck out to me. I remember one time I tell this story a lot to like friends because I think it describes music perf- perfectly. Like you guys know Scotty uh, Knudsen. Yeah. He, he was the drummer from Alabama. Anyway, one time we were like driving and we're just like probably on discover weekly on Spotify or something. And like this song came on, we're both listening to it and then it ends. And, like Scotty turns to me and he was like, man, like, I don't know. I have no idea what she was singing about, but like, I get it, you know? Like, I just felt, I felt that song. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I love that. I feel like uh, that's, like, what I love about music is you don't even, and I feel like sometimes, for me personally, I'll, like, feel the truth in a song before I even find out, like, what it's about, if I ever find out what it's about. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, do you guys have, like, a personal favorite on the record? It changes weekly. Honestly, Um, the stone, I mean, two weeks ago, the stone and wither or not withering, um, sea sirens were my favorites. Um, we'll go with those for now. Okay, cool. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, mean, Porter came to me one day and he actually told this story at our show this last weekend, but he came to me with withering and he was just playing it in the background. He didn't think anything of it. And I was like, Porter, that is like one of the best songs you've ever written. And so... Since since then, it's been, and I, I pushed pretty hard to have that one on this album because I loved it so much. Um, so that one's definitely a, a favorite of mine, I would say. Yeah. That's cool. So um, how, like, democratic is the process when it comes to, like, what songs make the record and, like, which ones you're going to record? Um, do you have, like, a, any sort of a process? Um, we kind of, because it's three of us, like we usually do, like it is democratic, like, uh-huh. you know, if it's two to one, like if, if I'm the one odd person out, then, you know, we'll always go with what Albie and Tate say. Um, so that's, that was kind of the process we made, I think probably about 14 or 15 songs for this record and maybe like two or three on the back burner, um, two or three extra on the back burner and withering was actually one that ended up kind of pushing its way onto the album like we had a couple others that were there and then it was just so good and then the other ones were good as well that we were like okay i guess these ones now don't fit on the album anymore so that was definitely newberry park too yeah that was newberry park as well newberry park and we were like yeah and i literally told you i was like cool you know we'll save it for the next album (laughs) Like we got enough for this one Uh and then it just kept getting better and better and there was another one that wasn't quite fitting. We re- we really like the song. It's a song called The Valley. Yeah. Um, it's really upbeat, high energy as well. Yeah. We like it, but it just wasn't working. And so I was like, well, I'm going to have to switch 
swap them out. But I mean, we don't, we weirdly rarely have like a two to three. It's usually all three of us are on the pretty on board. Yeah. Yeah, And the odd one off usually like gets on board. Like if it, if that does happen, like it's usually like, no, okay, I can see it. It's totally right. And then, you know, yeah, there we, <laughs> we so, <laughs> in this band, we love it. <laughs> peer, peer pressure can be good sometimes. So, so there's no, uh, there's no like fist fights or anything when it comes to uh, what comes no. on, what makes it on the record. There, there have been some, uh, some kind of not, not super intense arguments, but maybe like a couple intense like discussions. Um, but honestly, nothing was as intense as when we were first a band, because like I was saying, I, I had this idea, I wrote an entire record on my own and then okay. we found the band. We were like, Hey, let's do this. And it was something that was my baby. And I was super excited about it and nobody in the band wanted to do it. And I was just devastated. I was like, are you guys kidding me? And it, it broke my heart. And so we had a couple discussions about that, but it's been, it's been super good for me because it's helped. It, it, this band isn't just me anymore. And like, I brought those songs to those guys and I was like, Hey, this is my songs. This is my album. Let's do this. This band is, is all three of us. We, we feel like we created something that kind of tells the best story that each of us want to tell. So that's, that's really interesting. You as a songwriter before the band, like doing your own thing, recording stuff on your own versus you now, like, how do you feel like, the band has influenced the way you write songs. I know you guys all write them together now, but like what differences do you see when you like look back at your songwriting before the band and, and versus now? It's far less angsty. Um, (laughs) It's far less angsty or sad. And I've always wanted, when I was younger, I loved that when I was like 16, I loved Arcade Fire's albums and I loved Cage the Elephant's albums. Um, They weren't my favorite bands, but they had this feeling, this very adventurous feeling. And it had been something I wanted to achieve kind of my entire life, but I could never get there. And then, you know, when we added Alvi to the band, he just helped us figure out how to make everything a lot brighter. And uh, a lot of times I'll write a chorus, I'll bring it to these guys and Tate's like, well, what if you do this? What if you try this going up here or down here? And so we just kind of workshop it. And then, and then it comes out way better than, than it ever would have been on my own. So, yeah. Yeah. Like every, everything has always and will always start with, Porter, to be honest. I mean, not that it has to be that way. It just is that way. I mean, um, even, even the last song on the album, like I, I wrote that one. Um, but I still had to come to Porter and I had to be like, Hey Porter, you know, I want to write a song for my wife. Can you help me? And, you know, he's the one and he has these guitar pieces and these melodies that I really like. And so I kind of handpicked them and and built but it all still comes I'm not trying to I was the tree he came and chopped me down and made his home <laughs> <laughs> I like that I like that it it definitely all starts with Porter and then um and then it kind of goes through Alvi and I and and we get what we get at the end of the day and I think I think it's just been a natural process we really liked just that way. Porter's just, I mean, he's just a, the deepest well of talent that I've ever known in my life. When it yeah, comes- I, I, I would agree with that. I mean, having seen you guys play and just like the energy and um, that's kind of cool. I don't know. It's kind of beautiful to me to hear like, you know, you're writing these angsty, sad songs before 
but then you're like with a group of people that support you and then like the songs get brighter like that's pretty awesome Uh you know (laughs) um i wanted to ask so like during your evolution as a band what would you say have been like some of the darkest or worst experiences i want to start with like worst experiences (laughs) and then we want to go like good experiences like how about like worst show do you have like a worst show experience oh as far as shows um <laughs> i don't first show is always a joke we laugh at that one yeah our first show was a joke is that the underground the only other people we, we had like a couple friends in our family um and then uh, it was literally three friends in our parents <laughs> <laughs> and then the other band and that's it that's it nobody else it was like a jam session yeah well, nice the, the dudes, there was another room uh-huh. at the underground, and there was like a metal band playing, and so you could hear them playing at the same time. That was our first show, man. Uh-huh. That was great. <laughs> and then we had we played this one bar, and we don't have a bassist. We haven't found the right one, um, but we had a bassist then, and he got hammered for the show. Mm. He was hammered. And we started none of us drink. And none of us drink. None of the rest of us. And we insisted Beep. do not, or I shouldn't say his name. <laughs> bleep that out. <laughs> okay. I'll bleep it out. I'll find it. I'll bleep it out. <laughs> for for those listening, those listening that just heard the bleep, he uh, he actually revealed the uh long forgotten basis name. So censored. <laughs> but um this he or she um, they <laughs> <laughs> they uh, insisted on singing, and because they were drunk and just super loud, their singing was extremely loud, overpowered my singing. So that was very distracting, and we we told them not to do any of that. And then also, I uh, we were doing a cover of uh, was it Ophelia or Cleopatra by like the Lumineers? It was one of the Lumineers songs. It was one of the Lumineers songs. I completely forgot the lyrics, and I just <laughs> sang the first verse every single time a verse came up. It was it was a pain. <laughs> that, that was a bad show. It was uh, it was like a Mr. Brightside situation. Just repeat the first verse. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and actually, shortly after that, like the band kind of was a little bit in shambles this this bassist it was kind of tough and alvi our guitarist wasn't sure if he still wanted to do this um and so it almost it almost ended right there really early on this was only a couple months into the band being a thing and during this whole process was when golden trees was being written yeah and yeah. and porter wrote that and that was and that's kind of been almost a rebirth of the band was that it started with that song right there but you know i i went to i just because i knew how important alvi was to the band the three of us got along really well Mm -hmm. but he he thought he was done and i was like "Ah, i can't so i i went out i barely knew him at this time we were kind of acquaintances but we went to lunch and i just told him i was like alvi i think you're the best man we need you and uh and it was a really good lunch and we came back and we we found a friend to just fill in for us for bass for a couple weeks and um and then we've kind of been filling them in ever since but yeah that was probably the lowest point right there i mean since then the three of us the three of us has been really tight since then and it really just hasn't been but yeah i forgot about the golden trees is very much it's it's a song about rebirth and it's all it's we've opened every show with it and it just always felt like the opener to our album our first album as well and so it's kind of 
it's the opening song you know that's cool so you have it you have a song that kind of marks like you had a what's the what's the the phrase like it was like a make or break song you know yeah and and it made you guys didn't break you guys so that's good you know all right so let's like let's talk about like high points as a band like we talked about the dark stuff do you have any moments over this five years that are just like your favorite memories uh, last Saturday was Saturday monumental peak for yeah. sure. All right, tell me about it. That was a sold out album release show at Valor, and just we've never played, we've never played a crowd that was that supportive, that big, and all there just to see us. I mean, I'd say about. 50% of them were singing along almost every single line. Mm-hmm. I was just blown, I was blown away. It was, it, the album had been out five days. Yeah. Yeah, it just was, last Saturday was the coolest. It was awesome. We were still was, floating from it, to be honest. <laughs> it was, it was the first show too that, um, I think all of us kind of let down a lot of our walls. Um, as we'd been playing music, at, at least for me, when I first started in a band, I felt like, I had this idea that I had to be this cool guy, like a very cool person that everybody, you know, was like, oh, look at him. He's this cool dude, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel and, that. Yeah, you get that. And um, yeah. and it was the first time that I was like, I, and I think all of us were like, you know what? Let's just let that go. Let's have fun. If we look like freaking dorks, like that's fine. Like we love doing this. We love the message that we're sharing. We love the people that we're sharing it to. Let's just have fun. And so like, and that's the funny thing. Technically, I thought it was a train wreck the entire time we were playing. It was one of our <laughs> technically worst shows. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, like, I probably made about four or five mistakes per song on my guitar, um, maybe one vocally per song. Um, but it was still a blast. Like, I still had more fun playing the show than I'd had playing any other show that we've ever played. And even talking to people after, nobody noticed a thing. Like maybe a couple people who also played music, they're like, yeah, no, there were a couple parts that I remember, but like besides that, the energy was up. And so it really just, it kind of goes to show like, you know, because we're being more vulnerable and more open and just kind of more free, like it it let everybody else feel that too at the concert. And it, it felt more true to the music that we were giving to them as well. Yeah. That's great. Um... I, mean, I don't know if you can answer this question, but because like personally as a as a performer, like a and a writer myself, like I feel that pressure. And and I'm for sure just like the biggest dork. And like I'm just like a music geek, basically. Like I just am like obsessive and I love music and I I struggle with that because like everyone tells you like they're like, oh, like you need to have a brand and like you need to be like, I don't know, you need to be a front man or you need to be this, or like and and there's all these examples of really successful musicians who have like uh like a persona maybe, or like a, it kind of feels manufactured a little bit. Yeah. How do you feel like you like let your walls down and just, and just do it? Is it like a mentality or like there's specific things you try and do or. I think it's honestly, as we've become more vulnerable with each other amongst the three of us, it's, it's become harder and harder to keep up a facade publicly. So you know, I think as the three of us have just grown closer, I mean, Porter and I, we're brothers, but, you know, even with brothers, you still sometimes need to be, need to learn how to be vulnerable with each other. Um, but, you know, the three of us have just, I, I don't know, I'd say that is probably it. 
I mean, and just letting go of any ego and just realizing that this is really fun. So let's just let's just have fun and like Porter said, who who cares if we look like dorks? Like <laughs> this is man, I like that totally resonates with me. I feel like ego just like ruins music for me. Yeah. I went to um and like I'll always be like a diehard police fan. Like I love the police. I love every member of that band and like what they've done. But I went to see Sting uh a few years back and like the dude was just like you could just tell he was just like in love with himself. Yeah. Like between like between songs, he was like talking about how much money he has and like all these amazing things that he's done. And it sucked. And I have to pause real real quick to let my girlfriend in. So one second. <laughs> I'm back. I was in the middle of like a really profound thought uh, while dis- dissing Sting. And uh, anyways, I just, I don't know. I just feel like ego is is not great for music. And I, I feel like when I started, I feel like my, I was letting my ego like call a lot of the shots for some reason. Because I feel like I thought that's what like makes you cool when you're in a band, like makes yeah. you uh, right? magnanimous yeah. or something. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That resonates with me a lot what you just said about ego. So I think, I think too, for me, um, the killers had come out. There's, there's a couple things that kind of collided for me to be like more vulnerable and more open. Um, music was a lot of the way that I expressed myself and expressed the emotion instead of actually like talking to people and saying, Hey, I got a problem with this. Or like, I'm, I'm struggling with this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so a couple, a couple things happened. I'd watched the queen's gambit with this girl who, who struggles with, with addiction and goes through all that story. And I don't know, there's something about that that touched me a lot. And then I also, the killers, they had come out with their new album pressure machine. And I watched a small little interview and Brandon flowers said, um, you know, it's taken me a long time to finally write about what I know. And it just kind of hit me. Like there were some songs on the record that I wrote about personal feelings and some songs that I just wrote about other stories that were disconnected for me and I didn't really care about. And so from that pivotal moment, I was like, no, I want to write about the heartbreak that I know, the relationships that I know, um, and, and all that kind of stuff in these songs. And it was kind of, it was kind of a process to get to the point where I could finally like let my hair down and just be okay and, and be okay in front of my band, you know, let them see the worst parts of me as well, because, you know, the band is the family and, uh, and it's it's hard doing that. It's hard letting them see the worst parts of you. But once you do, like, you know. Well, I personally just started connecting a lot more with with these songs since yeah, we you and us have shifted that way. I just I don't know. I like I actually really can feel a personal touch to these songs. Whereas before, yeah, you're just trying to be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, actually, one of my favorite lyrics in the entire world is uh, from Hey Jude by the Beatles, where he's like, don't you know it's a fool who plays it cool while making the world a little colder? And, like... That's cool. Isn't that sweet? That's, like, one of my favorite lyrics ever. And, um, I don't know, obviously, it's an amazing song. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like the transition, it's all... But it's interesting, though, because... And I've thought a lot about this. It's almost like with music, um, you need your ego initially to like think you can do it. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Like, I feel like for me, like my ego kind of pushed me into making music 
like your armor as you go through those first phases. Yeah, because like <laughs> people, no, seriously, like people are like, I don't know, so many people want to tell you their opinion, and yeah, so you kind of just throw up this like facade of like, oh, I don't care, like I'm, I'm a rock and roller, whatever, and it's almost like you need that. But then as you transition into doing what you do, it's like you need to get rid of it or something. Yeah. So it's it's like essential, but it it can hurt you. So it's like a weird paradox. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I have some other questions that I wrote down that I'm going to look at right now. Um, normally, I do these at the beginning, but uh, random questions that have nothing to do with music. Feeling a little scatterbrained today, so we're going to do that right now. Yeah, do you think, um, man? <laughs> okay. If peanut butter wasn't called peanut butter, what would it be called? Um, nut salt. <laughs> salt. <laughs> that was quick, dude. You have you heard that? Before? That was fast. No. <laughs> that sounds way worse. <laughs> uh, nut salt. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Um. Like a nut salt and jelly sandwich. <laughs> uh, what's y'all's favorite breakfast cereal? Reese's Reese's Puff. All right, all right, respectable. <laughs> Honestly, I can only do shredded wheat now. I'm old. Cereal makes me all shaky. <laughs> you getting the shakes? I I uh. I don't eat cereal very often anymore. Yeah, it doesn't do it, man. No, it's like cold breakfast. Yeah, Egg, I toast. <laughs> that's my jam. Like some some true sustenance. Uh-huh. Um, I've been. I don't know if you guys are are on TikTok or not, but um, my wife is. I've been seeing all these TikToks where it's like people are like, you know, like I'm really learning to love, like going to bed early. And like meditating and like eating well, and I I watched it. I'm like, no, like literally, you're just getting old, and like you're <laughs> you're in denial. Like you have to eat healthy now because like your body is not working as well. You're not learning to love those things, you know. <laughs> you're just surviving. <laughs> yeah, which is okay. You know, I'm getting there. I'm just uh, you know, gonna gonna come up on one of those days where it's like there's I have nothing left to quit. And then I just feel, I still feel terrible. And then I die, you know? <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you guys, what are your future goals for the band? Like, do you have plans and goals? Or are you kind of just rolling with it? Uh, what does that look like for you guys? Definitely has to be a little bit of both, both I think. Um, we, we have plans. We, you know, I mean, <clears throat> obviously this recent milestone was kind of, you know, a really big plan of ours over the last two and a half years. Um, but at the same token, once we got there, it was like, okay, let's put it out into the world. So like, we're doing a lot of things right now to try to get it into as many years as possible. Um, but I mean, as far as music, it's definitely a goal of ours to, to make it, you know, we, yeah. we want to do this for a living. Yeah. You know, this isn't like, just some hobby and we're just having fun like i mean we are having fun but it's our goal is to make it how to get there exactly i mean nobody knows right otherwise everybody could 
make it <laughs> be easy. You just read right. it. Um, so we're, everyone, everyone will tell you that they know how to do it though. You know, like the, <laughs> the non, the non-musicians are like police side. They're like, this is what you should do. Like I work in, <laughs> I work in finance and, uh, let me tell you that this should be your strategy. You know, <laughs> yeah, you're like, shut up, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With your damn album. <laughs> <laughs> For reals. Um, <laughs> Well, that's good. I feel like it's that's awesome that you guys are just like unapologetic and open about that. Because I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, you know, this is a everyone wants to make it. But I feel like very few people actually will say that. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, we definitely want to make it. I mean, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're, we're going all out on this. Uh-huh. Like, you know, and Scott told us a lot of times, too, and it's it more brings us comfort because we don't even know what we would be doing if it wasn't, you know, media. Like, I don't know. I don't I haven't. I have no idea what I would do. So it's, but Scott was telling us like the only people that ever make it don't have a plan B. And I, I think that's less of a credit to, I I don't think it's, I think if you have a plan B, it's just because, you know, you're happy doing that too. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but for us, we just, I don't even know what we would do. I wouldn't, I couldn't do anything else. And so it's, you know, we have to kind of go all out on this because we gotta start making money. Yeah, gotta make a living. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, like I've I've heard that a lot too. It's like, how do you make sure that the tightrope walker makes it to the other side? Like you pull the net out from under him, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which I I mean, I guess that's true. It also is terrifying. So. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I mean, I guess like. That's that's an interesting point. Like, you look at uh, a lot of the artists that that yeah. I mean, I remember. I remember. Um, I don't know if you guys like Neon Trees, but uh, I went to Brandon Campbell, who's their bassist. I went to some like he like spoke at something, and um, he talked about how like when they were coming up, like he was like him and his family were like squatting in a in a house in Southern California, just like you know slumming it to make it happen, and it did, you know. So yeah. maybe there's something to that. Like maybe I need to be homeless, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, we have been homeless. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I want. I want that for you guys. I really like your sound. Um, and I don't know. Like something that you guys are doing just feels really genuine. Which which I appreciate. I feel like it's it's hard sometimes. Like I get discouraged when I see musicians that are just just like copycats. I don't know. And it's not because like, I think I'm better than them, but it almost just like makes me like, like I'll watch a band that's like trying to be cool. Right. Like harkening back to that. And I'm almost just like, man, like, is any music good? Like when I watch a show like that, I'm like, maybe music is the worst. You know, (laughs) we're kind of the same. (laughs) There's a Um, lot of times where we'll go do like open mic nights and we just hear everything. And we question like, Man, is our music even good? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've I've had some moments like that because it's like you don't know what you really sound like. You can never really know what you sound like. I feel yeah, like, or yeah. And so, like sometimes, yeah, I'll watch someone play, and I'll like go to a friend, and I'm like, "Is that like, am I doing that? Yeah. Because if so, I, I need know. to like, <laughs> I need to jump off a bridge tomorrow." <laughs> like, I'm not saying that that person should jump off a bridge. Right, 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 right. Everyone matters. And if you're, I mean, yeah, sorry, but like, yeah. 
<laughs> it's so true though like it's hard sometimes it's i don't know like it can be discouraging watching certain people play which that sounds really mean but like i feel that like that's just how i feel and you know we're, we're being vague about it so hopefully nobody will take personal offense to it but it's mean but it's the honest truth you know i think a lot of people and I haven't really had this conversation with other musicians other than Porter, so it's nice to hear it from you. But <laughs> it's like, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll go to shows and I'll be like, man, they sound awful. <laughs> that means we sound awful because they clearly can't see how awful they sound. So maybe we don't see how awful we sound. <laughs> and it's and it's not. I guess it's not necessarily like. I get every band's finding, every person who's writing music is like finding their sound and discovering it. And yeah. they're playing all these live shows as they're, as they're doing that process. So it is, it is like, I'm sure there's shows we did sound. Yeah. There, there's gotta be plenty of shows that we sounded awful back in the day. And it, it takes time. And I think, you know, I think it just takes getting to that point, but it is, it is discouraging to see, you know, cause you can't, there's not really a measuring stick for any of this. Like you just, you watch what other people play, you play your stuff, um, and you have the results and the fruits that you have, and you see other people have the results and fruits that they have, and you're like, well, <laughs> I don't love what they're doing. <laughs> maybe a little bit of delusion is okay, though. Yeah, maybe maybe delusion is okay. But I guess we've always kind of embraced that we have those opinions um, about whether or not, you know, somebody's music is good or not, especially within the local scene, because we feel like that's what makes us understand what we want to get. Like we don't, we don't really want to embrace, I don't know. I don't know if this is going too far, but we've never wanted to embrace the Provo sound here. Um, which is funny. Cause I think some people would say, you know, we have the Provo sound, which I'm totally fine with, but as far no, as. No, 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 hold on. Hold on. So I want you to continue. I want you to continue. Yeah. So just hold on to that thought. But like, I, I want to say a couple of things. Cause you know, people are listening to this. You guys are freaking great. I love how you sound live. You're, it's not cringy, okay? It's it's good, okay? So we could just rest assured. Uh, not that, since my opinion is the, the ultimate, you know, I have the ultimate say on this. Um, no, but you guys are great, and um, I wouldn't say you have the Provo sound. I mean, I'm not in Provo anymore, so I feel like maybe I don't have my finger on that pulse as much. But I feel like you guys are. It's very unique, and it feels like very genuine. So, um, what I like, what would you describe as the the Provo sound though now? Oh, no. I have no clue. The thing is, is that a lot of times when people hear a band they like, they always relate it to another band that they like. Mm -hmm. uh, so, like, people say, you guys sound like the National Parks, or you guys sound like, Grant, we don't think we sound like, you know, any of these people. But people will say, like, we sound like Coldplay and National Parks and all this other stuff. And we're like, of course, we get that. But yeah, we don't we listen get... to any of these ones. Yeah, we're not inspired by any of those guys. Um, I think and, they all and not make to say, music. Yeah, not to yeah. say none of them it's aren't great. Our personal whole sure. personal whole. Yeah. You're going for something guess... else. What's up? You're yeah. going for something else, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that is so funny. That's another funny thing about being a musician. Like, I've played shows where um, <laughs> I feel like people will come up to me after and they're like, whoa, like, have you ever heard of John Mayer? Like, you sound like John Mayer. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I you don't. just saw that I'm a white dude playing guitar, and you're like, oh, like John Mayer. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally the best way of putting it. Because <laughs> it's like, and I think that's, that's a cool thing about music and being a music fan is you bring your own, like, background and perception yeah. into, into listening. So you, like, I don't know, your frame of reference is, is important, I think, 
but it is funny, like the the comparisons that you'll sometimes get because it's like, no, uh, like <laughs> you can't tell people they're wrong. You're like, you, you know, when people are like, oh, yeah. you sound like you sound like Coldplay. It's like, well, no, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's funny. Um, yeah, I uh, yeah, I wouldn't say you guys sound like any of those other artists you mentioned, even though they're they're not bad. It's just like no, they're all know. great. Yeah, they're all they're all fan. Yeah, I guess they're all fantastic. It's just very interesting to see, you know, it's interesting to see how people draw connections and relate to things. And like we've seen with our music, we've shown people who say they don't listen to our type of music and they love it, which is something that's very cool. Like we can get we can get people who don't usually listen to our type of music and and love it. And we can get people who relate to different kind of music and they can see similarities in something that they love. Cause obviously everybody who brings up the band that they love, they love that band and they're like, Oh, I see the similarity in this band. So not, none of what I'm saying is a bad thing. It's actually all fantastic. It's just, I guess I'm just expressing how interesting it is. Cause like we're going through this process and we're on this road for kind of the first time ever. And it's just, it's curious to see how people react to everything that you do. And you also have your own doubts and your insecurities as you're doing it. And so, you know, there's always those questions that you ask yourself. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I feel like, um, for me personally, like as a musician, it always hurts the most when someone like will criticize you. And it's like one of the doubts that you have. So it's like, I don't know. It's like when, when people, sometimes people will criticize what I'm doing and like, I don't know. It'll. I feel like it'll be totally off base, and sometimes they'll criticize it, and I'm like, "Oof!" Like they're right, and like that hurts, you know. <laughs> you got me good. <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, like, I don't know. I I think that having like those doubts and insecurities is is not always a bad thing, um, but it can like. I feel like for me personally, you referenced Arcade Fire before. Um, I'm like a huge fan, but I feel like in my opinion, that's a band that allowed their insecurities to like ruin their sound, which is a, that's like a, a heavy thing to say, I guess, but I loved their records up until like the suburbs, they got a Grammy. Like they were like this indie rock thing. And then all of a sudden they were like global superstars. And then they made those couple records with James Murphy that were like, Oh, like, we're not, we're not like cool. We're like self-aware and um, we don't care. And I feel like they kind of embraced the, uh, yeah. the dark side and that killed them. So I've, yeah. I've, yeah, I've seen that not just in music, like yeah, no no no, that's just very interesting. People kind of just get in their heads and hope I'm hoping that like some people they have an arc, right? So they'll they'll make great music and then they have a couple albums that suck and then they kind of go back to their roots and they make really good stuff. Um but I I was thinking of Christopher Nolan. Like I I love Christopher Nolan stuff, but Tenet just felt a little <laughs> Thank know. you. And it, it was. It just, I did not think that movie was good. It was just very Nolan-y, and like I'm telling you, like his movies, Interstellar is will be in my top three forever, probably. But Tenet was, you know, I go in with the benefit of the doubt, but I just was like, Nolan, man, I know you like to do complicated stuff, but it doesn't have to be this complicated. <laughs> yeah, Tenet. Tenet was like mid for sure. Yeah. I don't know. Like I remember. Intriguing, but story, I'm like, I'm nah, not not hitting it home for me. Yeah, I was like, okay, like Robert Pattinson's backwards. He's moving in reverse. Like, great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still confused. <laughs> <laughs> I think 
You like Tenet. I like Tenet, yeah. Uh, but I will say it is it is a little too confusing. Granted, I do like kind of more confusing and metaphorical stuff. And that's actually when we write lyrics, I'll sometimes write things a little bit too metaphorical. And uh, if that's even a word. Um, that's a word. I think it's a word. Word metaphorical, right on. <laughs> but um, but I'll bring stuff to the guys. They're like, dude, I have no clue what you're saying. No you got to explain it to me. And and sometimes I'll explain it. They're like, oh, I get it. Okay, that's perfect. Or sometimes I'll explain. It, they'll be like, you got to change this because it's still not doing it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you were talking earlier about you know having people criticize you. Porter is definitely the best at it because um, I will never tell him I like a song if I don't like it. And so he he has to, poor dude has to, I mean, I, you know, Alvin, I get it from him sometimes. If I write a drum beat that sucks, he'll tell me. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I think he's definitely the first line of defense sort of to speak when it comes to that because he'll come to me with something and I'll be like, it's just not clicking, Porter, and it's not good. And he handles it really well with me. I don't know how he'd do with I think uh, you do pretty good. Now that we're talking about this publicly, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, uh, we we feel like I don't know, like like we said, we said in one for a magazine, we said that we feel like we've created an entity. Like it's its own thing. So like I don't want to be selfish. Like I don't want to be I don't want to be like my feelings are the most important feelings here within this band. I want to understand that, like, we're all making something. It's like we're all growing a garden together, you know, and everything's got to fit in that garden and grow and be fruitful and be what we all want. And if something, if there's weeds in the garden, if there's a fruit that nobody cares for in the garden, like, let's get rid of it. Let's make it something that we want to walk through and enjoy every single day. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's it's kind of how we've approached everything. That's good. Yeah, I feel like... um I'm thinking back now, like now I'm doing some introspection and it's like taking criticism is, is it, it isn't easy. And it's like, no one teaches you how to do it. Like it's one of those things in life where you just like, you get criticized for the first time and you're just like, owie, that hurt. (laughs) Uh, And that's hard. People are like, screw you right off the bat. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's like one thing I was not expecting when I started making music is just like how many people that like, I thought would like have my back, like didn't, I don't know if you guys have had that experience. Uh Um, Like people that I was like, Oh yeah, for sure. Like this like family member, this like friend will like be super supportive. And it was like, not that way, you know? Um, And uh, that's why Will Smith slapped someone at the Oscars. You know what I mean? It's like, (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Poor Chris, dude. <laughs> I know. I yeah. I, I feel like every podcast in the world has probably been talking about that this week, but yeah. Well, poor dude, I feel so bad for him because obviously some sometimes people who are smaller get beat up when they're younger. Like I'm I'm talking really young, like middle school, elementary, right? And so yeah. there might be some stuff he's worked through, but now for time and all eternity, he's gonna remember that Will Smith smacked him in the face in front of hundreds of thousands of people <laughs> dude that was so surreal like i cannot believe they let him give his acceptance speech it was i so, know I <laughs> like it's so funny because no i don't think anybody tuned into the oscars this year and, <laughs> and then that happened and then that happened <laughs> yeah well yeah i wasn't i wasn't watching i was just on twitter and then all of a sudden it just blew up you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
someone came over and told us about it. I looked it up instantly. I was like, this isn't real. <laughs> well, so <laughs> I I don't know if you guys ever have ever been in like a fight, but I uh I, well, I hit my brother one time when I was little. I don't really uh-huh. think it counts because I was like tiny and you know had I, I didn't have any like masculine power to like actually hurt him. Um, <laughs> but I remember when I was seventeen, I played water polo and there was this kid on my team that was just like a total jerk. And we got into like a fist fight during practice, and uh, I punched him in the face, <laughs> and it's it was like the worst feeling. Uh-huh. Like I like I like hit him once, and I like saw him like like the pain on his face. I want to go cry in a, crawl in a hole. <laughs> yeah, and then we both like started crying. We we're like, dude, I love you. I'm sorry. And like, <laughs> like I will never forget that. I just like how horrible I felt like after like just watching like like hurting someone physically is oh like I don't know. So seeing that on the yeah. oh, go ahead, sorry. No, I was just gonna say it's painful. Like the. Uh, we we all fought. There's another brother that we got, and we all fought growing up. But it's it's like the only ever time I hit uh, our oldest brother was because he was sitting on my head, and I was like suffocating. So I was like, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna be stoned about this. <laughs> so I had a. So we're we're religious people, and there I had a ring when I was younger, and the ring had CTR on it and ctr meant choose the right (laughs) sitting on my head and i punched him with that hand and i ingrained in his cheek (laughs) (laughs) for the next like week or two (laughs) oh that's that's amazing i know the irony (laughs) i feel like it was painful (laughs) like doing that emotionally it was painful sorry what were you gonna say I those yeah those CTR rings kind of got phased out I feel like um, yeah, but that good. that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just I don't know that was a weird moment. But I feel like it's it's interesting because I don't know if you guys watched his acceptance speech, but he was like first of all like it was so unhinged. He's like I I need to do what God has called me to do. Is like how he started it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, bro. Literally anything else you could have said would have been better than that. Some hardcore overcompensating. But yeah, but yeah, he's like love. Like I'm just so motivated by love lately. <laughs> did he really say that? Yeah, he did. And I'm just like, what is happening? Um, but yeah, I, who knows? I mean, I feel like being that famous, like the amount of criticism that comes in must just be like soul crushing, you know? Yeah. Um, anyways, it's been like an hour, you guys, I don't want to keep you for too long. Um, but this has been like, so fun. I'm so glad you guys came on the show. Yeah. Same. Us, dude. It's been um, a do you guys have anything specific that you want to plug? Like any specific concert dates coming up or anything? I think, I think more than anything, just we, we took some time to, I uh, took a lot of time to make this album and we just give it a chance. Like, um, <clears throat> I am wholeheartedly believe if you sit down and just give the first four songs a solid listen, just put in your headphones, tune everything out, I, I can guarantee you're going to be hooked and you're going to follow it to the end. And, I mean, I'm not trying to sound, like, arrogant or whatever, but it's something we really believe in, and I, I really... I really think we we wanted to make sure that the reason we we tell our personal stories 
through a fictional front is so that everybody can relate to them. So everybody can kind of go on this journey with us. And, and I, I think if you give it a chance, you really will. And I know it's hard to listen to new music and get engaged. I know there's just billions and billions, probably even trillions of songs, you know, in the airwaves. But if you, if you hear this podcast and you want to check out our album, I can, promise you you won't be disappointed you'll find something you'll find something you connect with i uh i endorse that message and i'll, I'll put the the links to the the record in the show notes of this episode so you know i'm not we're not quite like the joe rogan podcast uh we like there's not a t- i don't have a ton of listeners but those are <laughs> those people who do listen to this this show i definitely uh, would recommend that they listen to the record because i've been enjoying it cool. and it's only been a week so i feel like as time goes on, I'll probably get more into it and more out of it and stuff. Yeah. 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 But, um, yeah which we'll definitely, we're prepared to see those numbers, but hopefully we keep getting more people to listen so that, you know, they stay steadily going up. Um, and for, for me, like just the simple, like we're still planning out the year and all the shows we're going to play, but honestly, just the simple things. Like if you like what we're doing, uh, follow us on Instagram. We, we don't have a lot of followers. It kind of shocks people when we tell them how much followers we have. Um, and then to hear our sound, uh, we need that. We need, we need followers and we need, you know, if you li- love what we're doing, we need that and we need your help. And, you know, we're, we're kind of nothing without our fans. So yeah. Come awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Come be a fan. I love it. Yeah. So I'll put, I'll put the links to your, your record and also to your social media stuff in the show notes. So the Talcast listeners, it's easy. You just click below the episode. And those links will be there, so you don't have to go searching for them. Okay. Um, and yeah, I guess maybe next time I'm in Utah, if you guys are out here, uh, I'd love to come to one of your shows and maybe hang out and uh, chat music again. This has been fun. It, for sure. This has seriously been a blast. We love this. Yeah. Cool. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon, okay? Okay. Sounds good, my dude. Ciao, cat. Ciao, cat. Ciao, cat.